Give us this day is a devotional reflection upon the New Testament lesson appointed for the morning office from the Book of Common Prayer, 1928. These devotionals are written and presented by Father Charles Erlinson, who serves at the Church of the Good Shepherd in Tyler, Texas. Father Charles' devotionals can be found both in print and online. Today is Monday of the 19th Sunday after Trinity. The lesson is taken from James chapter 4, verse 13, through chapter 5, verse 11. Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy and sell, and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live, and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rest of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth, and the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. Ye have lived in pleasure on the earth, and been wanton. Ye have nourished your hearts as in the day of slaughter. Ye have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. You come to judge. I don't know how many of you remember Rowan and Martin's laughing from the late 60s and early 70s, but that TV show popularized the saying, You come to judge. We might say that, here come to judge, is James's message this morning. For he says in verse 9 of chapter 5, Behold, the judge is standing at the door. The implication is that the judge stands ready to judge us imminently. Along with Paul, John, and his revelation, and others, James seems to think the Lord would come soon. Soon, that is, from the perspective of the first century. He says in verse 8, The coming of the Lord is at hand. James is teaching that the judge is standing at the door colors all of his wisdom this today, and should color all of our lives. James begins this passage by returning to the topic of pride, verses 13-16, through 16, to act as if we are the determiner of our fates and fortunes, to make our earthly plans without reference to God, is an act of pride. But our lives are ultimately short, and who knows when he will be called before the judge to give account. The judge is coming, do not be proud. James returns as well as to his teaching on the rich, chapter 5, verses 1-6. through 6. The rich, he says, have heaped up treasure in the last days, they have oppressed or neglected the poor, and they have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. 
James says to them, in essence, God has given you every good gift that you have so that you could provide for the poor and cause my kingdom to grow. But you have used my bounty for yourself. Very soon all that you hold dear, the house you built, the cars you bought, the luxury you lived in, will vanish. You will be left with nothing but a day of judgment before the Lord in which you will have to give account for every penny that God gave you. The judge is coming. Spend God's gifts the way he intends you to. James goes back to one of the very first themes in his book, the theme of patience and trials. Are the rich oppressing you? Are the things the Lord has given you difficult to do? Are you tired of doing good and not seeing the fruits? Then remember that the coming of the Lord is at hand, verse 8. Patiently wait for the coming of the Lord, verse 7. To not be patient is to be like the proud or rich man who thinks he has gotten everything for himself, because to be impatient is to seek to put yourself and your timing on the throne instead of God and his divine, always correct timing. The judge is coming, patiently wait on him in your trials. The Lord is at hand. This may mean the second coming of the Lord, or in a historical context, the last days of the old covenant, which even then was passing away. But it also has application to our end-of-life appearance before the Lord and the daily coming of the Lord into our lives. Because the Lord is at hand, be patient in your suffering. Take the prophets verse 10 and Job verse 11 as your examples of how to patiently suffer. A great comfort in the midst of suffering, and one that produces patience, is to remember the end intended by the Lord, verse 11. Though God allowed Job to suffer, God allowed the suffering as a means of testing and strengthening Job. Job's end, of course, was to be twice as blessed by God as he was before his suffering and testing. We can have patience because each day the Lord comes to us in our suffering and trials. The judge is standing at your door. Do you live as if he is? James is not talking about hypothetical coming. The judge is coming, and his question to you, since he comes without warning, is, Are you ready to meet me? Too many people don't really believe the judge is coming. They may believe that in some undetermined future, far, far away, that Jesus Christ will return. But they have no sense of urgency in their lives, for God is very far away from them, they believe. Too many people know that the judge is coming, and yet continue to live as if this makes no difference in how they live. When the judge comes in finality, it will be too late. Once he has summoned you before his judgment throne, there will be no turning back. There will be no excuses, no saying, Well, I meant to get around to it. If only someone had told me you were coming, or but everyone else was doing it. The judge is coming. In fact, he comes every day for you. Every new day you have, God comes to you in his creation and in the daily circumstances he has given you. If you are a Christian, he comes to you every day in his word, in prayer, and in his church. Are you listening? Are you looking? The judge is coming, and fortunately there are a lot of whispers that he is on his way. The judge is coming, and you better settle out of court. Providentially, the judge himself has given you the terms for settling out of court. Listen to him, for the judge is also the lawgiver, James 4.12, the jury and the plaintiff. Here are the terms for settling out of court with the great judge. 1. Plead guilty. Confess your sins. 2. Show penitence. Be truly sorry for your sins. 3. Reform. Show repentance and actual turning from your sins. 4. Make restitution where necessary. 5. Accept the judge's payment for your crimes, that is, the sacrifice of his son. 6. Agree to become the judge's slave. And 7. 
trust in the judge's decrees, and live by them. Go out and do these things immediately, if you have not already done them, for the judge stands at your door. This has been a presentation of Always with Christ Radio, radio in the Anglican way.